Good morning, church. Grace and peace be with you. It is so good to join you once more in this format to talk about our fruits of the spirit. Uh, We are on our second to last one. Today, we are speaking about gentleness and exploring that. Next week is about self-control, so we will see how we do. Uh, But first, uh, just a few announcements. One, we continue to gather for prayers of the people at 10 a.m. every week. The Zoom link is online. Thank you to all of you who have joined in. It has been a beautiful way to care for one another and also for us to keep track of what the needs are in our neighborhood and our community and uh, and our family. And so thank you. Also, please keep an eye on the newsletter. And if you haven't signed up, please go to the website and do that immediately. We will be holding barbecue chats uh, in the next month or so virtually. And these chats will really be important because this summer we're talking about what it will be like to reopen, hearing from you all in your hearts, what it, what you're ready for, what makes sense, what you're um, concerned about. And also these conversations will really help your leadership to know how to proceed as we continue to get more information. So there will be questions. We will ask those of you, please uh, pay attention to all of the various ways we communicate with you so that you'll know exactly how to participate. Uh, Also stay tuned for learning opportunities in September. We have been doing amazing work together on Sunday mornings with a variety of resources and Bible studies. And we are headed into a five-week study of the book, uh, Me and White Supremacy by Layla Saeed. And so if you're interested in doing anti-racism work that really matters and that you will need to spend some personal reflection time on for those five weeks, if you're ready for that work, and we invite you to be, um, the details will follow, and you'll get a chance to RSVP for that gathering. Everything is always on Facebook and in the newsletter, so please make sure you're joining up in both of those places. Andy, I know you have some opportunities for us to do some service and giving as well. You want to talk about those? Yeah, as we continue to mention every week, um, churching continues in a different way, but we continue to love and serve one another and our community, and there's a few ways that you can be a part of that. Uh, For one, we still have people packing lunches here, and that that program is ever-expanding in the sanctuary, and there's more more resources that are here, more people who are getting involved. I want to invite you, if you want, to be a part of that, a part of prepping lunches and delivering them. Again, Laura Perkey is the point person on that, Uh, so you can reach out to her. But also, if you don't feel like you can do that, but you want to contribute, uh, there's a need for drinks and for food. And we're talking about things that would typically go in a sack lunch. So if you want to... uh, get those and bring those by the church. That'd be wonderful. Connect with Laura about specific needs that she has in this particular time. And also just a reminder, a thank you off the top for those of you who continue to give faithfully to the church via online giving or sending checks or however you're doing that. Uh, Many, many of you have uh, transferred over your giving to online giving, which is extremely helpful uh, for our finance folks. And so they know what to count on in terms of budgeting and all of those things. So thank you for those of you who have done that. And if you have not and want to figure out how to do that, go to our church website, uh, PortsmouthUnionChurch.org um, slash finance. And there's a whole page there that'll tell you how you can 
get connected to online giving or ACH or, or however. But for those of you who have done that and continue to do that, thank you, thank you, thank you for continuing to support, support the work of, of this church. Yeah. And I would add, um, as you're talking about and thinking about ways to be in mission right now, of course, you know that um, your your clergy staff, your your pastors are involved in what is going on downtown in various ways and in the you know work that we do around homelessness and houselessness. And if you want to participate in any of that, please reach out to us individually and we will make sure that you have what you need in order to know what is possible. Um, there are really beautiful ways to participate even from home in all of these things. So we give thanks for the ways in which you've been reaching out and already saying, what can I do? Um, Andy, are you gonna pray for us as we move into the scriptures? Yes, I am gonna do that. So let's, let's take a moment and center ourselves and pray. Loving God, we give you thanks this opportunity to be connected in this way, to connect to your holy scriptures, to connect via conversation, and to talk about what does gentleness look like? What does it look like for your Holy Spirit to manifest itself within us and through us by way of gentleness? We pray that you would be with us in this conversation, open hearts and minds to receive what you would have them receive. We thank you for your presence with us and pray this in Jesus' name and all the holy names of God. Amen. So let's read the Galatians passage one more time and hear these words that we're basically having memorized at this point. Galatians 5, through 25. By contrast, the fruit of the spirit is love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Yeah. And then I chose uh, a passage from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, beginning in verse 1. We read there, and Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he returned to the temple. All the people gathered around him, and he sat down and taught them. The legal experts and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. Placing her in the center of the group, they said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of committing adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone women like this. What do you say? They said this to test him because they wanted a reason to bring an accusation against him. Jesus bent down and wrote on the ground with his finger. They continued to question him, so he stood up and replied, whoever hasn't sinned should throw the first stone. Bending down again, he wrote on the ground. Those who heard him went away one by one, beginning with the elders. Finally, only Jesus and the woman were left in the middle of the crowd. Jesus stood up and said to her, woman, where are they? Is there no one to condemn you? She said, no one, sir. Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, don't sin anymore. 
And my passage is from Colossians 3, verses 8 through 13. But now you must get rid of all such things, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourselves with a new self, which is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of its creator. In that renewal, there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, gentleness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Hear what the Spirit is saying through the scriptures. Thanks be to God. Two very different texts this morning. Yeah. And uh, that's very cool. And using uh, this idea of gentleness in very different ways. I'm curious why you picked yours. Well, I did, like you, and we have been making this a regular practice, I went to look at the Greek word for gentleness and it's praoutes, which is a fun one to say. I love those, Uh, praoutes. And so I went to see how this was used and it turns out, and I think we talked about this, you discovered this as well. It's not the same in every context. It's not, you can't find like- All the gentleness. Yeah, it it, it always means this. And the thing that I, in some of the commentary that I read, it said that gentleness is not, um, you said uh, dormouse-ishness. Did we just make up that word? Maybe. Dormat? Mousy? Yeah. It's not that. (laughs) It's uh, instead, um, it's a, a power that is controlled. And I think there's a reason why like gentleness and self-control go side by side in, in this, this list. Um, And, and I, I really uh, took to that. And when I, when I saw that, I thought immediately of this passage where Jesus is placed in, in this, uh, in this setting where there's conflict and there's, there's tension and there's with very real consequences here come these men ready to kill this woman. And at the same time, they're, they're ready to do that, but also their motive is to test Jesus and see if they can accuse him of something. So there's all kinds of pressure in this situation. And we've learned as we read about Jesus and we know that he's just brilliant and he's also powerful and he's a powerful orator. And in that moment, there's opportunity where he could have just lost it on these guys shamed them, brought them down, and uh, yelled at them with passionate anger, and that would have been justifiable. Like, they're shaming one of his beloved children in this woman, um, which he's always going to have a problem with. We've seen that over and over again, and uh, they're ready to kill this woman, and so he would have been justified in just verbally slaughtering these guys. And yet what he does, and I love this picture of him um, stooping down and just starting to write in the dirt. I 
feel like there's all kinds of, of conjecture and debate about what did he write? And ultimately, I don't know if that matters as much as I think that was this moment of Zen, of allowing the Holy Spirit to contain all that I imagine Jesus must have been feeling or tempted to feel even. And stooping down, and I imagine, and again, I, I like to set scenes when I see these stories, I imagine him just taking a deep, a deep breath and taking a moment. And then the way he responds is just with this gentle thing for them to consider. You know, whoever's without sin, go ahead. You'd be the first one. And just to watch that, so this gentle prodding and pushback the response is not anger on their part. And instead, it's just they start to walk away. I, we, in the movies, we see that, that they just drop their rocks one by one and they walk away from the scene. And then in just continuing that mode of, of gentleness, which clearly he has, he has all kinds of power. He has stopped this situation. He has eliminated it. Yeah. And yet- Not he, weak. No, it's not meek at all. It's- yeah. It's incredibly powerful and moving and he saves this woman's life and he stays in that mode and simply asks her like, hey, where'd they all go? Oh, they're not here anymore. Well, I don't condemn you either. And at the end, and the, the, the kicker is the line at the very end that I think is an acknowledgement that he knows he knows that perhaps this woman was guilty of something. Yeah. Just go and don't sin anymore. You're not going to be killed for this. You're not going to be shamed for this. Uh, but let's acknowledge what this was. Yeah. And all of it is done in this way that is um, beautifully pastoral. <laughs> and, and, and that's for me, I've, um, uh, a mode of leadership and, and pastoral leadership that I've always appreciated. I like a good, fiery, angry sermon as much as anyone. And I love and appreciate those who are standing on the front lines and who are passionately yelling about injustice and all of that. But there's also a time and place for that. We've seen angry Jesus even flipping tables and whatnot. It's not an either or. No, 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 no. It, it, that all belongs. But, but in this moment, yeah, the way that this fruit uh, um, like was expressed, this gentleness was expressed, was actually incredibly powerful, incredibly convicting, both for the, the people who were accusing and, and probably for this woman as well. And yet it was, it's done so gently that uh, it isn't about shaming. Yeah. And it's about um, condemnation. It's it's not that. And for me, it just, I love that. Yeah. And it, it sounds like what you're saying too, is it's not about adding fire to the fire. Yeah. Like that, the, the gentleness you're describing is, is about figuring out how to be in the moment in such a way that you can diffuse things that yeah. you're, you're, and, and not to say covering them over or erasing them, but to like, get in there in such a way that you're, that we are able to be fully there 
and really, really have an impact, but do it so that there is no humiliation of anyone. Yeah. And it's, it's actually the way I've seen, I'm, I'm just thinking about, um, in doing this work with people experiencing houselessness and, and which a lot of times we know includes people in various stage um, stages of mental health and mental health crisis and issues and uh, addiction and all of the things that we might encounter. Uh, the best people I've seen at de-escalating, yeah. the mode they're able to do it in is this gentleness. There's a strength that comes with that and able to be contained and, and like you said, not add to the fire, but able to, to engage in such a way that it actually tamps that fire down yeah. and allows for, and again, not covering up what's going on, but, but just brings that, the flame down. And in the same way that Jesus brings the, the fire of the situation that he finds himself in, he just instant de-escalation. Yeah. And so often when I've thought about this word in scripture and all of the various, I didn't realize how many ways the word gentleness is sort of slapped into the text to cover like 40 different kinds of things, right? Right. Like we say gentleness in the English and it really doesn't always mean what we think it means. And one of those places is sometimes like, I've always misunderstood what meekness was. It's actually the same word, like the blessed are the meek in Matthew 5, 5 is this word. And so I've always thought like, oh, that's about like not having any power and um, people who, you know, are, are like kind of afflicted. And in the Hebrew, gentleness is afflicted. Um, that is related. But in this text, it's like actually meekness, gentleness has a huge amount of invisible confidence mm-hmm. that also has an enormous amount of humility to it. Like you're confident and humble at the same time. And I think your story with Jesus is a perfect example of how you can come into a moment and be both entirely assured mm-hmm. of the larger story and what is true and also insanely humble about how you approach it. And I think what's so fascinating about that and it's such a good learning for me is Every time Jesus has this sort of perspective, he, instead of telling people what to do, he's always, when he's gentle, asks a question. He always leads with a question, which is such an important lesson, right? Like it's not coming and like, ugh. it's what if the world didn't have to be this way? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. what if? And then he looks around and he's like, oh, no answers? Kind of figured. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. it's so fascinating to me in this story, how like people just disappear when they can't answer the question with an answer that won't uh, turn it back on themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I would have expect in this, in this particular moment in this story, the, uh, the frustration that they must feel like I, I would expect at least one of them to go, well, fine. I'm going to throw my rock at you, Jesus. Cause yeah. if I can't, if I can't hit her, I'm going to hit somebody. I'm going to hit you. And, and they don't. Yeah. It's well, so powerful. It's com- Yeah. It's completely diffused. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk Colossians. Why, why the Colossians passage, other than the fact that Isn't is it? Yeah. Right well, it's so f- I picked this passage because 
over and over again, what I saw when I was looking for this idea, this word gentleness, when it was used this way, it was always in the context of conflict. Like in the teachings, especially it shows up a lot in the epistles and the letters, especially the shorter letters. Um, And it's always in the context of like church conflict or interpersonal conflict or community conflict. And like this instruction on, you know, you tend to come in hot. Um, This is a clearly a Julia interpretation of what the letters say, but like, you're clearly, you're clearly inclined to come in hot when you're not at your best. Mm. But what if instead you come in this way Mm. and over it, I mean, it's just, there's like 11 or 12 instances of this in the epistles. And it's always about this moment where you have an opportunity as a person of faith to like be right. Or as Brene Brown says, I can be right or I can get it right. Mm. You can either be right or you can get it right. And over and over again, the authors say, would you rather get it right? Here's how you get it right. And I love that in this passage because one of the things that it described to me was, oh, when we're gentle, when we, you know, get rid of things like anger and wrath and malice and slander and abusive language out of our mouths, uh, when we do that, what we show up as is much more present to what's really happening. And so I was really fascinated by like, what if gentleness is a way of presence that allows us to do what Jesus did in your story? It allows us to come in wiser and also to fade back a little bit, right? Like it's like, it gives us the opportunity to, instead of taking over the situation, to just shift the situation and to be there, and I'll tell you, um, I was kind of worried about this week's sermon because, mm-hmm. like every two, every week, we learn a, a new thing about one of these yeah, fruits, right? Like it's been so fun and so interesting to see the incredible complexity of each one of these words that we so take for granted. I wasn't worried about this one with gentleness. What I was worried about was this is a fruit that I really struggle with. Oh. Um, if it's defined as meekness and smallness and quietness and that, that's not a gift I have. And I, I was like, well, basically I'm screwed because I'll never have this fruit of the spirit. I'm just not built for it. Right. Cause I do think some of us are built for some of these more than others. Um, they're just come easier to us in our spiritual journeys. Right. Right. Like you, you approach joy so much easier than most people. Like that's a gift that you can lean into better than anybody I know. Uh, And, and next week I'll be like, yeah, self-control got that. (laughs) Got that covered. But this one, I was a little, there's rules and you're going to follow them. Well, it's not even about rules. It's about like, I can contain myself. Uh. Right. Like I can set a structure and, um, and then do it. I can follow through. I'm very reliable. But this one, I really was worried about. And then we started reading about what it really is. And I was like, the word, the thing that came to mind was this song that some people probably know much better than me, but um, it's, uh, it's called Singing for Our Lives, I think. Um, and it's, it starts out with, we are a gentle, angry people and we are singing for our lives. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking like, oh, the idea that gentleness and anger can actually go together real anger and not like, you know, not like 
violent, difficult, like hurting people anger, but like the kind where you're just like righteously indignant at injustice. The fact that those two things you can be, Jesus was that Jesus was gentle and righteously indignant at what was happening to this woman is so helpful to me, especially when it's described in the context of this Colossians passage as meaning that it's something we have in common with one another. Mm. I don't think that the author is trying to erase people's identities when he says like, there is no, you know, circumcised or uncircumcised. I don't think he's trying to say like you, your identity no longer matters. I think what, what I hope um, is being said is in our hearts and in our core, when we are fully present to and with one another, the things that are external uh, no longer are going to get between us. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so that, that was where I was like, oh, gentleness, it's a way of being instead of a behavior. Does that make sense to people? Like I, I, I'm really wrestling with this one because it's, I think one of the most complicated in the list. Yeah. I would also say that it is, um, it, it is probably the one, um, and I'm saying this off the cuff, so it could be challenged, but it's the one that is least valued, mm. maybe the most uh, looked down upon yeah. in our culture. Yeah. Well, um, it's the opposite of our culture. Yeah. That, that's, that, that's a much more succinct way of saying it is, yeah, it is the opposite of our culture. And I am like, what, what came to mind as you were talking about how often we see this in the epistles is as I remember, it was also the opposite of the culture they were living in. Yeah. These were not gentle times. Uh, it's Rome, not a gentle culture. Right. And particularly right now, um, gentleness is not uh, super valuable. Um, gentleness, which can also come alongside where it's like vulnerability. I think there's a reason why um, there's a move toward this because people have seen how harsh and and cruel we can be and even in even good christian folks in the way that we people who love jesus and the way that we talk to one another can be um less than gentle be pretty harsh uh and so i i'm right there with you this is a this is a challenging one because our culture tells us gentleness no yeah you don't want to be gentle. That's weak. Yeah. Weakness is no, don't be weak. We don't want to be weak. And yet, um, when we see really, we see gentleness, um, and I'll, I'll bring up this example. Um, uh, I, we've seen presidents, certain presidents, not our current one, but certain presidents have moments where they take a very, they do something gentle and and I would say even sweet in a moment that that calls for that I think about our previous president singing amazing grace um, from the podium the pulpit and there was so much power in doing that in recognizing the sadness and sweetness of a moment versus trying to say something profound and bold or arguing against it or whatever it was and 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 I just think that, when it's demonstrated well, 
uh, it's something that we as a culture need to learn more about. Um, it's something that we teach. We, uh, we end up trying to teach in kindergarten. And by the time we get up through high school, it's kind of like, yeah, well, we just didn't want you to hit each other in class. But gentleness, man, eh, maybe not as much. But what we see here, we're reminded over and over in scripture, actually, this is, this is huge. Yeah, to the extent that I think when we see it in children or when we see it in one another, it is absolutely our job to protect it as much as possible, right? Mm-hmm. To like encourage and help it grow and provide protection against it being taken away. This one, more than the other fruits of the spirit, maybe even feels very fragile. Mm. That, you know, I mean, if you have it, if it is a fruit of the spirit, it will be very present. But I, I feel like this one is really easy to have stolen from you. Yeah. And that if it's not protected, if it's, if we're not aware of it, if we're not holding it really carefully, like a baby bird, like we're going to, we're going to be gentle with one another. We're going to be gentle with ourselves. We're going to be gentle in these ways, not weak, not absent, not scared, gentle. Um, that if we can do that really well, we're offering the world something that holds a lot of good news yeah. and can be a counter message to what you said, which is like, our culture is really not interested in this. And so if we want to be revolutionary, if we want to be a counterculture ourselves and build something new, then being gentle is, especially in such a conflicted world, being yeah. gentle is the answer for a lot of things. It's, um, it's essential. Yeah. Anything else you're thinking about before we ask our questions this morning? No, that was good. Oh, that good. I, I, it was good. I, and I'm, I'm hoping folks, uh, I mean, I, I, I have all kinds of things going through my head about when I've experienced gentleness and when I haven't, but that's why we get to the questions. So that's right. And it would be great. I, I love it when people are able to use these, uh, times and these questions as a leaping off place to tell stories, because I think that storytelling around these pieces helps us to really feel what's true. Mm-hmm. And to really get into where we've seen and not seen things in the world so that we know what to do. So um, our questions this morning are, there's just two really, but they have multiple parts. <laughs> we cheated. Uh, the first one is after this conversation, you might have a different understanding of gentleness than you did before, but it's good to put them next to each other. So what would you have said gentleness was? before being a part of this discussion with me and Andy. And now that you've heard us wander through this this morning, what's changed for you? What's what's different significantly or um, marginally? The other question is how have you personally and from whom? Because it's almost always gonna come from a person, right? I think this one has to. How have you experienced gentleness? And how have you experienced the lack of it? And when you put those next to each other, what was different? What really happened so that you know gentleness when you see it in yourself in particular, but also in the world? So what's been, what was your understanding and what is it now? And how have you experienced it uh, and the lack of it? Those are our questions for the morning. So we'll post those on the Facebook page. We'll make sure that you have access to them for questions of the people on Sunday morning and uh, good luck.
it'll be an interesting discussion. Be gentle with one another. Yeah, be gentle with one another. Andy, are you willing to pray and sing us out? Let's do that. Uh, God, I, I thank you for the way even this conversation about gentleness has gently um, uh, convicted me and prompted me to want to pursue uh, your spirit, lean into your spirit to become uh, more gentle, to display that fruit of your spirit. Uh, we give you thanks for just the opportunity to engage with one another with these texts. Thank you for the way that your scripture teaches us. God, we pray for those for whom gentleness is difficult. And we pray that your spirit would move within them. And we pray for those who find themselves on the receiving end of a lack of gentleness. And be with them as well. Be with all of us as we continue to pursue your light and your love and your hope and your peace by way of your Holy Spirit. We pray all of this in Jesus' name and all the holy names of God. Amen. All right. I invite you to uh, sing with and to one another if you'd like as we close with our, our song benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make God's face to shine upon you and be gracious, gracious, gracious to you. The Lord lift up God's countenance upon you and give you, give you, give you peace. Continue to stay home in peace, to love and serve the Lord. Love you. Love you all.